to Embracing the Journey, a program focused on the freedom that comes from being able to talk about death. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. Our topic today is natural organic reduction after death, also called human composting. Our guests are Anna Swenson, Outreach Manager for Recompose in Washington State, and Jennifer Bliss, widow of Amigo Bob Cantisano, an early pioneer of the organic farming movement and a longtime resident of Nevada County. Welcome, Anna and Jennifer. Hi. Thank you. I have a question for you first, Jennifer. Your husband, Amigo Bob Cantisano, was well known in Nevada County and way beyond as a pioneer of the organic farming movement. I found a quote from the Union newspaper. It should come as no surprise to those who knew Cantisano that the man who spent decades as a fierce advocate for the earth made plans for his remains to be turned into compost to feed the soil. Could you tell us a little bit about your Bob, your your husband, Amigo Bob? Yeah, um, well, Amigo was a fierce advocate for the earth. He, you know, he came to Nevada County in the early 70s and started farming um, with a group of other friends on Peaceful Valley Road and eventually um, started Peaceful Valley Farm Supply when he ordered way too much soft rock phosphate than he could ever use. And so he started selling it and that was the beginning of Peaceful Valley Farm Supply. Um, as you probably know, he had a radio show in on KVMR, Organic Matters. And uh, where you know he talked about political things in the realms of organics and you know how do we fight for doing the right thing for the environment and for our families and for our health. And um, I mean, uh, let's see, what else? Um, so when he was doing Peaceful Valley Farm Supply, he found that a lot of people came to him to ask questions of how do I do this and how do I do that? And how do I deal with this problem? And how do I deal with that problem in my organic garden or on my organic farm? And so he found his niche in, um, and becoming an advisor, an organic farm advisor. And through that, you know, he studied all of the old books and documents and found old farmers who were, who had farmed before chemical agriculture to find out what they used. And, um, and so then that's, he, he built what he taught to other people on that. Um, what he found is that the basis for all good organic farming and gardening is compost. And so uh, when I heard about human composting, I just thought this is a perfect thing for him. Um, and uh, yeah, he advised like so many people on, on farm composting, he advised the big, the big composting facilities in California on how to do their compost. And so he knew more about compost than probably almost anybody. And it was um, perfect. And so Jennifer, when did your husband pass away? He died on December 26th, 19, I'm sorry, <laughs> 2020, um, just over a year ago. And did he have time to talk to you about this decision that, that you brought to his attention about uh, human composting? Um, well, I brought the subject to him and I said, I think I found something that would be really perfect for you. 
Uh, and when I told him about it, he said, well, that sounds interesting, but I want to know more about it because he was the expert, right? And so he had me uh, uh, make an appointment with Katrina Spade, who developed the, the process. And uh, we got on the phone with her and Morgan Yarborough, and he asked a bunch of questions about their process. And when we were done with the conversation, he said, well, that's a possibility, but I'm not going to die. <laughs> so um, I have, so I just put it on the back burner. It was going to be my plan, even if he didn't want to do it. But all the way at the end, he still thought he was going to live forever. And I still think, you know, the spirit does live on, mm -hmm. the body doesn't. And, and what do we do with the body? We want to, we want to, I mean, in our family, we want to take best care of the earth. And so by choosing composting, it's just, it's just what the earth has always done with things that pass away, plants, animals, manure, whatever, she composts it and turns it into new life. And it's just the right thing to do. So I just want to say um, that the just like the day before he died, he knew he was going down then. And he said, um, and I asked him, I said, so what would you like? Would you like to be cremated? Would you like to be composted? And he said, that's what I want. I want to be composted. So that's when I got on the phone with Morgan and um, made the arrangements because I needed to have a plan so I wouldn't fall apart when he actually died. And I did fall apart. I'm still kind of falling apart. Of course. <laughs> That's of course, great. I am so sorry for your loss. And I know his loss was a huge loss to everybody in our community and beyond. So I'm sorry for your loss. We we have Anna here, um, Swenson, the outreach manager for Recompose. So can you tell us, Anna, about your organization, Recompose? Sure, thank you. And, and thank you, Jennifer, for that story. I love hearing you talk about Amigo Bob and he has such a special place in Recompose history. And we had just barely opened at the time that we were working on arrangements with you. We were turning our first bodies into soil as a company in December of 2020. So he was one of the very first. And I love that such a composting expert really wanted to get the scoop on what we were doing before choosing it. Um, but yeah, so Recompose is a licensed green funeral home based in Washington state. And we specialize in human composting or the transformation of human remains into soil. We have been in operation for about a year. The company has existed in various forms for about 10 years. It first started when our founder and CEO, Katrina Spade, was getting her master's degree in architecture. And she started looking at new ways to honor and create meaningful use for bodies after they've died. She was thinking about sustainability and other options and something that not a lot of folks realize, you know, a lot of folks know by now that conventional burial with a casket and embalming fluid in a conventional cemetery has profound environmental impacts, but not a lot of folks realize that Cremation also has profound environmental impact because of the amount of fossil gas required. So human composting came as an idea to not only avoid the environmental impacts of fossil gas or the materials that go into conventional burial, but also to create this useful compost. And here in Washington, the rule is that you can use 
human composting soil anywhere you have permission of the landowner. And it is useful compost. Um, our soil scientist, Dr. Lynn Carpenter-Boggs says it's, it's good compost, but there's nothing special about it. And sometimes her and our founder, Katrina, joke that Katrina always assumed that because it was human, it was gonna have some special powers. But Lynn says, you know, we're just, just like every other kind of compost, we're just good compost. And uh, I think that helps keep things in perspective. Well, uh, Anna, thank you for, for that uh, overview of your organization and, and the fact that you're, you're fairly new, but uh, I do appreciate hearing that the idea has been in the works for quite a while. What were some of the obstacles or were there any obstacles to, to starting out? Sure. So people often ask me, you know, well, haven't other cultures done this or isn't there, you know, historical precedent for this? And of course, various types of what is now called green burial, where families would care for the dead at home and then bury it with or without a casket, without embalming in a local plot that has happened for, you know, millions of years. And as Jennifer said, this is composting and decomposition is what the earth does. But in a formal sense, this is the first documented um, project that has tried to legalize this. So that was one of the big barriers was getting people to understand that this is safe and effective. And one of the inspirations for the process is a discipline called livestock mortality composting, which is what farmers use to recycle livestock back to the land. It's well-established soil science. There's decades of research on its safety and efficacy. And that was what allowed Katrina and our soil scientist, Dr. Lynn Carpenter-Boggs to put together a pilot study in 2018 with Washington State University. And that was the first step to proving that this is safe and effective. And then we could take that research to the Washington State Legislature and prove to them that this is something that people want and that there's big environmental benefits. And then after the process was legalized in Washington in 2019, in 2021, it was also legalized in Colorado and Oregon. So what is the actual process? Do, do people send their loved ones remains to, to Washington state? Is it something that they start in their homes? What, what is the process? Sure, yes, happy to explain how it works. So there are a lot of regulations and safety considerations regarding dealing, well not dealing with, it's, it's an honor to spend time with a person who has died but not everyone has experience in it. So usually how it works, if you are here in Washington, you can call the regular Recompose phone number which is 206-800-TREE and we can arrange for transport from the place of death to our facility, which we call the greenhouse. If you're in another state, folks usually work with a funeral home in their area, and then the funeral home will do that transport piece, just like it would be in any other funeral home since we are a licensed funeral home and operate as one. And once we take the body into our care, we have the option for a laying in service. And that is where our staff will place plant material over the body. We might play music. We might have remembrances. The families can join via Zoom right now and in, in future locations in person. And then we place the body into a device that we call a vessel. It's a stainless steel tube that's about four feet high and 10 feet long. And the body is placed into that vessel with about three cubic yards of plant material. And it's the microbes that naturally occur 
on and in our bodies and on that plant material that power the transformation into soil. So from the time that the body goes into the vessel to when it's the soil is complete and ready to be back to families is between six and eight weeks. Thank you, Anna. And, and Jennifer, did you have something to add to that? Yeah, I did. I, I just wanted to say it, the last thing there, you know, that six to eight weeks, including the bones is freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I was like so blown away by that, you know, with a green burial, it takes much longer than that. But because of the process that that um, that Katrina developed, it happens really fast, which is great because we have such a huge population. And as my hope is that it'll become more and more accessible to people to be able to go through this process that, um, yeah, we'll be able to accommodate folks. Um, what was I yeah, going to say? Absolutely. Oh, go ahead, Jennifer. What I, what I did want to say was that I had, I wanted to drive my husband to Washington. Of course, we live here in Nevada County in California and I didn't want to leave him. So I was going to drive him to Washington and Morgan said, you can do it. It's your right. And I got talked out of it, but I was going to pull a little Miss Sunshine and put grandpa on the back of the car and drive him up there with the proper permits. <laughs> and, and um, But I didn't do that. Instead, I worked with the local um, the local mortuary chapel of the angels and they arranged his flight <laughs> up there southwest he flew southwest up to washington where they took over from there and then jennifer did you participate in in the process that anna was talking about in terms of via video or in person um in any kind of ceremony that was happening in washington state you know we we didn't um Morgan asked me if there were any songs that they'd like us, that we'd like them to play for them. And so we gave them a song list of three songs. I think they were um, Spirit in the Sky uh, and um, Glorious by Mamuz and Ripples by the Grateful Dead. And uh, it, was, it was good. <laughs> I remember that Jennifer and I remember he came to us in a beautifully decorated box that y'all had made. We still have it in the greenhouse. It was beautifully painted and it had wonderful poetry and lyrics all over it. It was so special. Yeah, it, w- it was special. And I, I wrote on the side, he loved the earth so much that he wanted to be composted. That's beautiful. You're listening to Embracing the Journey on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and my guests are Anna Swenson, Outreach Manager for Recompose in Washington State, and Jennifer Bliss, widow of Amigo Bob Contesano an early pioneer of organic farming movement. Well, you've talked, Anna, a little bit about um, why it's human composting is more friendly, eco-friendly than burial or cremation, but could you say just a little bit more about the eco-friendliness of it? Sure, so for each person who chooses human composting instead of conventional burial or cremation, one metric ton of carbon dioxide is saved from entering the environment. And that is the equivalent of about 30 backyard propane containers. So you can picture the emissions of if every person has that kind of impact, it really adds up. So that is one huge benefit of choosing human composting. And that benefit comes because we don't use the fossil gas required by conventional cremation. And sometimes people ask me, you know, isn't there heat applied? And there is not heat applied. It is the microbes that naturally occur that are creating heat of over 131 degrees Fahrenheit. 
The process does play, take place indoors and there is monitoring computer systems basically in the vessel to monitor temperature and other moisture factors. So it does require some energy, but not nearly the amount of energy that a cremation would. And it also creates useful soil. So that is a big benefit of this process is the soil health that it's that is created. And for folks like Jennifer and Amigo Bob who have land and who know how to use compost, this is a wonderful way for someone to literally go back to the land. But for folks who might live in an apartment or might not know what to do with the soil, it creates about a cubic yard of soil. We also have a conservation forest partner in Southern Washington where folks can donate their soil if they choose and they'll be used on forest restoration efforts. Wow, that, that is definitely thorough information about how they, the impact there. Um, how does human composting compare to green burial? Sure, so for folks who might not know, green burial refers to a process where a body is buried in a designated green burial section of a cemetery where they do not require a concrete vault like a lot of cemeteries do. They might allow a simple pine box or a cotton shroud and the bodies are often buried at about four feet deep so that there is enough oxygen that the decomposition can occur. So from a carbon use perspective, green burial is one of the least because really the only carbon involved is in the creation of the shroud and in the transport of the, um, the body. However, not everyone has access to a green burial cemetery. They might be several hours outside of a city. Well, sometimes green burial plots can be expensive depending on where you live. So those are some considerations that might persuade a person to choose human composting or another option. But, you know, I'm, I, I want everyone to choose a green option and I'm glad there are several out there. Well, what is the cost uh, compared to in a traditional burial? Is it is it similar in cost or is it higher? Sure. So nationally, the average cost of a conventional cremation with a funeral is about $8,000. In metro areas, it can often be $10,000 and above. And for conventional burial with a casket and a plot, it's usually over ten dollars to $12,000 because you are buying land, essentially. So with all that in mind, the recomposed price starts at $7,000, and that includes the transformation into soil, local transport within Seattle, the laying in process, as well as hands-on care by our staff, the filing of the death certificate, and whatever you choose to do with your soil. You can either take home all of the soil, you can take home part of it, and then you can donate as much as you want to our conservation partner. Well, one of the things as, as we continually use the words human composting, I'm still getting used to the idea. It sounds, I love the, the essence of the message, but it's, it is something to get used to. And I actually wanna ask both of you this, I'll start with Jennifer. But culturally, Jennifer, Jennifer, as you shared your experience and how you decided to honor your husband, um, how did the world around you receive this probably pretty new idea? Mm-hmm. Well, it was it was perfect for Amigo because he was a pioneer. 
in many ways, he started a lot of the first organic um, legislation in, in the state and even worked on it in the country. And was just, he was on the forefront of a lot of things in the organic movement. So for him, it was just like, so people would look to him as like, oh, well, what's Amigo doing? And, um, and so, you know, that, that was part of my incentive for really wanting to do this, even though it was a long trip to Washington to do this. Um, it, was, it was allowing him to lead the way and, and because he's you know, semi-famous to bring more attention to it and, and again, hopefully make it more available to people around the world. That's, that's my goal. <laughs> well, I think that that's happening. And, and Anna, in your experience, you're the outreach manager. Um, how, how is this new way of um, being memorialized and, and uh, uh, our next step after death? I mean, how, how do you feel it's culturally being received or um, are there, are you, do you ever come across, I, I don't know if there's any religious or um, folks that are just uncomfortable with this or that need more time to, to sit with the information? Sure, yes. I mean, I'm lucky that overwhelmingly people are really excited or the people that reach out to us who I interact with. We do have some folks as we were working through the legislature, there were some lawmakers who were skeptical or who were curious. And we also did have some opposition from the Catholic Church who said that they didn't find this process sufficiently respectful. And our response to that is that this is simply one option for people that it does resonate with. We don't want anyone to feel pressured. We just want the option to exist. And for the people for whom it does resonate, like Amigo Bob and Jennifer, to have this option. Great. Thank you. Um, and you did talk a little bit about the soil is either uh, given back to the families or there is this uh, place in Washington state, did you say it was a, a forest? Yep, so our conservation forest partner is run by a nonprofit called Rememberland, and they have a 700 acre forest that was formerly logged and clear cut in the 1930s, and it really needs this nutrients that come from the compost. So it's a really beautiful relationship where we have this useful soil and they have a need for it. And we are able to both have a beautiful place for people to go after they die and to return to the land. Oh, that does sound beautiful. Um, Jennifer, did your husband have specific wishes for how the soil created from his body be used? No, he, when I, we talked about it, he said, you know, there'll be a lot of people who want a piece of me, <laughs> both in a positive and a negative way, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, and it's true. Uh, I made up a bunch of little packets of bits of his soil and people took it home and used it to inoculate their compost heaps and plant flowers or trees or whatever. And I still, I still have a pile of it that I'm just about to go put around an apple tree because um, it's time. But well, what has been the impact um, uh, of your husband's decision to do this uh, and to be turned into compost? And actually, you know, since we've been talking, I really understand that, that you did 
facilitate this because you found this. Um, but how has it impacted your family to 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 know that his remains are part of the the earth now? Um. Well, our whole family, Amiga's children and our fam my family, they're together. We all just knew it was the right thing. It was the perfect thing. And, you know, he was always um, getting himself recognized for different things. And, you know, he's been in national magazines and, and that continued uh, after he died because uh, Morgan contacted me and asked if I would mind interviewing somebody from People Magazine. So I said, okay. And so I got a phone call and I thought it was People Magazine, but it was actually Harper Magazine. And they did a really beautiful article that got published, I think in October, this last October called To Be a Field of Poppies. And they just used our story as just the beginning, you know, to get into the why you would wanna do this. It's a really beautiful article. And then People Magazine just did a little thing in, um, in I don't remember which issue it was, but just, you know, to, let people know that this is starting to happen. Um, I've done radio shows on it and um, yeah, it's, it, again, just, just because we feel really strongly about compost. I personally believe that compost can save the planet and it could help mitigate climate change. Um, there's so much magic that happens with compost. You know, as Anna said, it's, it's the microbiological processes that break down macronutrients into micronutrients that makes the, the, the nutrients available to plant, plants, to people, to animals. And that's why the importance of fermented foods and things like that in our bio, bio our gut biosphere. And um, it's the same thing on the planet. I mean, if you have more compost in the soil, you have better water retention. Um, that helps with you know, drought resistance in plants. It helps to sequester carbon. It's just, it's so, there's so many things. So compost along with trees that create shade, I think can cool the planet down. So that's my, my rah-rah thing there. <laughs> well, and it is, it is poetic, you know, really how influential your husband has been and continues to be. And, and that love and support that you have just definitely shows up through this interview. Um, Anna, I wanna ask um, a little bit about how to contact Recompose, but also is, do you think that there's any chance that California or other states will be taking this on and will Recompose grow to expand in other states? Absolutely, it is our goal to make this process available everywhere there are people who want it. And we have tried the past two legislative sessions to get this passed in California. We almost got it. So we are working with a legislator out of Los Angeles. Her name is assembly member, Christina Garcia. And we hope to have more to share about how folks can help. And last year we had a letter campaign and uh, hopefully this is the year that the legislature will agree to allow us to perform this in California. And if folks are interested in that or anything else that we've mentioned, you can visit us at our website, which is www.recompose.life. Our phone number is 206-800-8733. And you can find a lot about, our, about us on our website. And we are also on pretty much every social media at Recompose Life. 
Thank you, Anna. And I want to ask you both briefly in our last minute, what you hope listeners may take away from this program. Uh, Jennifer, do you want to start? Um, I, you know, I'm not one to judge someone for their choices and how what they do with their bodies after they die. I just feel like that composting is probably the least environmentally impactful and that, you know, it's worth considering, especially, you know, if you really love the earth and it's a way to give back. It's a way to give back for everything that the earth gives us. We're provided food, we're provided water, we're provided everything that we need as, as creatures on this planet that come from the earth. And what better thing to give back than our final remains? Thank you, Jennifer. And Anna, last thoughts? I hope folks realize that there are other options out there and that you deserve an end-of-life option that feels good to you. I mean, you know, the idea of death is scary for folks, but hopefully finding an option that resonates with you can make it a little bit less scary. Well, thank you, Jennifer and Anna. I'm Lori Burkhart-Frank, and I've been talking with Anna Swenson, Outreach Manager for Recompose in Washington State, and Jennifer Bliss, widow of Amigo Bob Contesano, an early pioneer of organic farming movement. You can tune in and listen to Embracing the Journey the fourth Tuesday of each month at 6.30 p.m. Thank you to our engineer, Jeff Wright, and to Jeff Wright for our theme music and our podcast. Mm-hmm.